Hello, everyone. This is Let's Get For Real, a podcast all about cats and dogs and what they mean to us. I'm Susan Michaels, the creator of the two biggest events in the world celebrating pets and pop culture, CatCon and Cat Art Show. Special thanks for this episode go to our good friends at World's Best Cat Litter, the number one natural cat litter made from whole kernel corn. In addition to sponsoring this episode, World's Best has pledged to donate one pound of litter to various shelters across the U.S. in their Give Litter program for every single stream of this episode up to one million pounds. So remember, share this podcast with your friends everywhere because every listen will benefit cats in need. So in terms of sheltering in place, what does that mean to our beloved little dogs and cats? Billions of people right now all around the world are in stay-at-home orders. And you may hear my dog snoring in the background. There's nothing I can do about that. Many of you are essential workers who have to go to work. And many of you have lost your jobs. And many of you are working remotely, juggling jobs and childcare and pet care all at the same time. On this episode, we're going to get advice from a veterinarian on how to keep our pets in check and keep them happy, too. And we're also going to talk to this guy in Australia who started an Instagram account of dogs working from home. It's pretty hilarious. But first, podcaster extraordinaire Stephen Ray Morris. Your cat is your coworker now. Your dog is your coworker now. And you all have to take care of each other in that, in that sense. Stephen is the co-host of the Percast. He is also the host of a podcast about Jurassic Park called See Jurassic Right. And he is the head audio engineer over at My Favorite Murder. And while he's talking into his microphone, he often has his 13-year-old sassy little girl, Tabby, Penny Lane, on his lap. She's a little creamsicle. She's an orange cat you know, 50-50 bar style. I also call her a diva cheetah because she's very like long and slinky and she kind of like creeps around and is always kind of, you know, got you in one eye. And I feel like I'm pretty lucky as far as like quarantine cats go because she's pretty mellow, at least at this point in her life. So where my desk is, is far away from the sun. So she's not hanging out with me when I'm working. She's over you know, in the sunbeams. But there has been times where she actually has been more talkative on the podcast. I've had to like, well, I mean, the podcast, I don't mind if there's cat sounds, but you know, for other things, I have to mute. Um, But yeah, in the sense, in the sense of things changing for working from home, I'm still lucky that if I do really need to, I will go to our studio primarily if it's for something that's more super technical, but I'm actually trying to get in the habit of being at home more. And so far, so far Penny Lane's been like the easiest coworker in that sense. And it's like where my desk is, isn't really where any of the action is for her. But I don't think people realize how active their environments are until they're at home trying to do something. And then it's like dogs, cats, for some reason, gardeners who are still working right now, garbage trucks. And I've noticed that it's almost more about not being distracted versus like necessarily what's going to ruin a recording because you mean being distracted by like the sanitation truck. Yeah. Or something. Well, and also where I live, um, there's a coyote den behind my apartment. So there's been times where they've been like, you know, like yelping, like this whole family of coyotes 
And basically when we're, when people, Oh, buddy. Um, when we're trying to have a conversation over, you know, the internet and through these programs, we're kind of accommodating all these technical things of s- signal delay and stuff, or people are even podcasting with other family members, like just off screen. So you're like, right. Thankfully, a lot of the times in editing, you can kind of make things sound more natural. Um, also, I notice, you know, if you're podcasting, maybe unplug that automatic cat feeder, maybe unplug the fountain for just a little bit. It'll be fine. That's funny. <laughs> Instead That's of good. like, you know, you're like, what is that? You know, most cats aren't going to sit in your lap for like an hour. So it's like you ha- you're you on a ticking clock, you know, like I was talking to a guest yesterday uh, for a different podcast for C Jurassic Right. But her cat, Dewey, who's a really awesome Bengal cat, you know, was like sitting in her lap. And then, you know, about like an, and then all of a sudden, like 30 minutes in, like you can start to hear the shifting and stuff. And it's like, all right, let's take five. Let the cat get comfortable. And we're back in business. Yeah, they kind of need their little breaks. I mean, Miss Kitty, pretty girl, my cat. First of all, she wouldn't be in here and putting up with any of this at all. I mean, <laughs> Buddy wants to sleep at my feet. Um, Miss Kitty right now and being in my brother's house, there's two cats and two dogs. And it took Miss Kitty a year just to get used to Buddy. So she's uh-huh. sort of gone to her portion of the house to do her own thing for the moment (laughs) she's just like i ain't having any of this i am not gonna talk to that other cat and i'm certainly not gonna talk to that other dog when it's taken me a year to get used to the first one oh definitely yeah i feel like penny lane's that same way where it's like wait you're home all the time now but at least at least you know even in even in my place there's plenty of space for her to feel comfortable and like I just I just imagine like just sitting there and just like looking up from podcasting and then Penny just like what are you doing like you know I feel like it's probably annoying for them because we're just talking and they're not hearing the other side of it because we're wearing headphones so she's like who are you talking to well and I think also you know it's it's so different for cats and dogs I mean cats are traditionally so much more independent you're in your part of the room or your part of the house and she's in her thing, her part of the house doing her own thing, sleeping. Let's just yeah. call it what it is. It's sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen any sort of change in her demeanor over the past month or so? I mean, how much, how long have you been home? I mean, I've been home for a month. Uh, yeah, about a month. I, I would say if anything, I, my, <laughs> this is very embarrassing. My patio for like the first year I was in my apartment was basically just like storage and, and then also my Christmas Don't tree. Don't be embarrassed. <laughs> and then also my Christmas, <laughs> I, I got rid of my Christmas tree, like at the end of March. And, uh, but you know, I wanted to like work outside a little bit cause it's still important to get vitamin D and, you know, get some sunshine, even if we're all social distancing. And she's never been a big, she's always been an indoor cat. She's lived indoors her entire life. But I've noticed that for some reason, so it's like I'm sitting here now and she's asleep or whatever. But when I've gone to work outside, she wants to be where I am. So it's like I'll I'll close the whatever the like screen door is so that, you know, bugs or whatever can't get in. And she'll mm-hmm. just like put her paws like as if like in prison, you know, like, no, like <laughs> I'm like, really, you want to go outside? You don't like it. And then she'll go outside She'll kind of make her rounds and then she'll go back inside. It's like, I don't, 
were you a hall monitor? What, what, like inspection, <laughs> like in, you, the detective, like, all right, making sure everything's on the solid, on the up and up. All right. I can leave. You know, it's very funny. My kitty, she's always been an indoor cat, but you know, I, I go to take the dog out and then I leave the door open and, you know, I might be taking him just into the backyard early in the morning and she'll literally sit at the top of the stairs oh. and wait for us. I think cats can be pretty bossy sometimes, or at least my cat is bossy. Oh, she's so bossy. <laughs> I feel like that's like an underrated trait that we don't talk about enough of like bossy cats. And uh, I remember one of the, I think it was like this, because like I've moved like four times in the five years doing this podcast. Uh, and I remember one place for some reason, I think because the shower was really loud, she was like worried about me and she would like meow to like never let me close the door for that old place. It's weird how little things subtle changes affect our cats in big ways, but she's, yeah, she's like very hall monitor. What are you doing? What's going on here? Georgia has a bunch of cats, Georgia Hardstark. Um, have they made appearances? Yeah. I mean, it, that's, I mean, it's nice because, you know, if you're recording, and we've actually started releasing some video of us recording MFM, which has been really fun. And it's like, for me, I mean, right now when we're recording in, you can see my background, but like in zoom, I always have like a weird backdrop, like the Jurassic park gates behind me or like a jungle or, Oh, you had <laughs> one that was, um, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah. I was like down in the jail cell with Hannibal Lecter yeah. and, and, uh, Jodie Foster. And so I love when, when one of her cats, like when Elvis or, or Mimi joins. And then I think in general, like, I mean, as I say that Penny Lane's never with me, but <laughs> I'm like, I'm so glad when other people's cats are like hanging out with them on the zoom, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I would have tried to get Miss Kitty, but you're going to have to just settle for buddy. <laughs> I can see his tongue. Oh, that, that was a really good sound of the microphone. Oh, buddy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's a, he's a good little boy. Part of this podcast is really important for us to talk about, um, you know, any organizations that you want to showcase. Well, I, I mean, everyone is so hard hit right now, but I think maybe if anything, it's just really important to know that you can still foster, you know, the, a lot of, I mean, cat shelters and places are still essential businesses. It, it varies depending on, I think, what city or state. But I mean, people still have to look over all those animals in the shelters and at cat cafes and everything. And so if you have like a favorite cat cafe or cat shelter, know that they still need help. And and the nice thing is that all these places are taking really great uh, care you know, during the quarantine to make sure yeah. you can get a cat, make sure you yeah. can get a dog to foster these opportunities are here. And if you're home and you have the space, yeah. like why, why not? You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's beneficial for the two leggeds and the four leggeds. Yes, exactly. Just know that they need your help and kitten season is still happening regardless yeah. of the quarantine, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I mean, kitten season is really about to hit full tilt um, as we head into May. May through October is really kitten season. So everybody that's listening, keep that in mind. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, this has been so much fun. That was Stephen Ray Morris, fellow podcaster. 
Be sure to check out his show, The Purrcast, over on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, you name it, it's everywhere. These last few weeks, I've really enjoyed seeing photos on social of people working or at least trying to work alongside their pets. Mark Polkleb lives in Melbourne, Australia, and has been collecting some of these great images for a very funny Instagram account he started not long ago called Dogs Working From Home. So my husband and I have two uh, Dachshunds, Billy and Ollie, and that's really, um, I guess, one of the catalysts behind creating the account. So they're already kind of Insta famous already. They do. We have an account for them or they've got an account, I should say. But basically it all began when we, as a business um, that I work for, were asked to work from home um, due to obviously the COVID-19 pandemic that we're currently situated in. And um, it was kind of day one and the dogs, Billy and Ollie, were at my feet and I thought, oh my gosh, there must be literally thousands of people around the world right now in the same mm-hmm. boat trying to mm-hmm. you know, fend, fend their keyboards from their dogs or um, you know, have them begging at their feet. And likewise, there must be hundreds of thousands of really happy dogs out there because they're humans at home 24-7. So someone needs to document this. And really the, the reason I did it was just to bring a bit of joy. Like, is there anything dogs or cats can't fix? Um, probably not. I actually recorded the first two episodes of this podcast. I did it in my car because my dog would bark and I have a cat too. So I I left Los Angeles and I'm staying with my brother up in Northern California at the moment. But, um, and like I said, in recording these podcasts, I needed a quiet place. Mm -hmm. And so the best place was to go into the car. (laughs) It's so funny because ironically, I'm currently in our spare bedroom for the very same reason, because the moment my dogs hear absolutely anything, they will go ballistic. So you probably wouldn't be able to hear me over there barking. But um, to answer your question of how it kind of started, so I posted the first photo of our dogs after Mm -hmm. um, kind of experiencing a day with them. And then I kind of reached out to a few friends of mine that I knew would be working from home that had dogs. And I said, send us a photo of your dog. I want to, you know, start this thing and get people happy looking at funny dogs. So um, it literally started with a couple of friends um, in Australia passing me photos of their dogs. And then I I had a a friend in Ireland who uh, used to work with um, in Australia and I knew she was an absolute dog lover and, and she had posted something about her dog annoying her or being all over the other day and I thought I'm going to reach out to her and so I think it just kind of snowballed as she started to um her friends over the other side of the world started seeing it um when I was asleep for instance and then I woke up to more submissions and and more followers and then I think it was day two that yeah I had a journalist reach out to me that obviously in the same boat as you was kind of um interested in this idea and 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 it kind of snowballed from there I am just looking at your Instagram now and this picture of the dog looking from the outside in <laughs> is, is hilarious. Do you have, um, I know you're not supposed to pick favorites, but I'm asking you to pick favorites. Okay. I can pick some favorites. Well, to be honest, I, I surprise myself that the photos that engage really well, to be honest, because sometimes they're quite unsuspecting, but a couple of my favorites are the photo of, um, the golden retriever with a puppy golden retriever on its back and oh um, yeah that's cute and i felt that it really just embodied um the moment 
yeah, your kids walk in mid Zoom call because I, I know that's obviously something that we're all also a lot of us are experiencing at the moment. And so that's obviously how I captioned that. And, um, and everyone really related to that because it's obviously the same in the dog world. Um, I love the Bernese mountain dog um, doing a workout on the treadmill, super funny. Um, we have a dog um, looking for snacks in the fridge. I think we can all yeah, relate to that. Funny. So I think there's some really nice parallels between how we spend our day. So that's kind of now how the account is, is, um, is taking shape. It's kind of looking at, you know, humans versus dogs and how we might experience working from home. So there are a couple of my favorites. Yeah. You know, I also have seen the one with the, the dog looking at the sheep, the working from yes. home uh, that has already come across my, my, my virtual desk as a meme, six ways to Sunday. I've seen that yeah. so many times. It started, it started going around, um, the photo or the dog belongs to a friend of a friend and she knew that I ran this account. So she sent me a screen grab of her friend posting it from her Facebook page. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect for the account. And so I had it ready to go to post um, that evening. And somehow it had already gone viral from her Facebook post that day anyway, because I guess people can relate to a working dog. And obviously the the um, hilarity behind uh, working from um, the computer and kind of herding sheep virtually. Are there any particular trends that you're sort of seeing as you build this feed? I know I like the fact that you're doing it very organically and seeing what comes into your email, you know, for, for yeah. submissions. But like, um, for example, there's a lot of people with their dogs at the computer. <laughs> However, what are some of the other ones that you have seen or we might not have seen yet? that we will see. <laughs> so there's, yeah, there's obviously a lot of computer dogs, but there's, um, I'm also trying to highlight what uh, other kind of things dogs might be up to in their working day at home, particularly in this environment. So connecting to the key messages that are out there for us at the moment as well around social distancing. So spending time playing, you know, for instance, which is something yeah. we're all relating to. So yeah. there's a dog there playing, you know, um, there's, you know, um, lots of dogs with headphones on. I think we're all connecting to music and podcasts right now. So there's some nice connections there. Again, with the treadmill and um, the fact that everyone's jumping onto Instagram live for their fitness workouts at the moment being confined to the home. So, but in terms of some other trends, I was actually really surprised at the dog breeds. There's a lot of French bulldogs. I mean, that shouldn't, it probably shouldn't be a surprise, but I just, I found to be flooded with French bulldogs. Um, mm -hmm. I, I thought I might be flooded with Dachshunds in the same way, but I haven't been. There's a lot of Bernese mountain dogs, I think, because they have that kind of comical um, kind of element to them being so big and getting in the way of things. Yeah, lots of dogs with spectacles, obviously, because, you know, spectacles make everyone look smarter and like they're working <laughs> harder. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's some of the funny trends coming through. I, I relate to the one looking in the fridge because I am going to the fridge all the time. Same. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. be good, you know, I'm trying to, well, I have a dog and a cat, so I've been, you know, getting the dog out and, and, and walking him, but... Uh, I don't know. The fridge seems to haunt me right now. Um, I can relate. All of us can relate. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think, you know, once we go back to work in whatever that new normal <laughs> might be, 
do you think you're going to see a, a drop off or, or do you think that where we are now, maybe this will inspire a whole new or spur on a whole new movement of, of working from home? Yeah, I think I've thought about this a lot, actually. Um, I definitely think we're obviously at the peak of popularity because of the sign of the times, which is completely understandable. And there are obviously so many people working from home that otherwise wouldn't be. Um, kind of trying to trying my best to build this and make it a real trend, I guess, that people can be a part of forever to to make people smile for for many days ahead. But I do think it will naturally obviously teeter off when we do, when most of us or some of us do go back to some sort of normality and working from offices and so forth. But I actually think the way that we work, um, particularly in the last couple of years, has completely changed anyway. And I think that will forever be... Um, a trend that's increasingly um, more and more popular. So that working from home piece and the um, you know freelance world is growing. And so I feel like maybe this is the perfect time to have started this and, and it could be in our lives forever because I think the way that we are working is changing and who knows, our dogs and cats might be the luckiest ones out of all of this because like you said, it might spur on um, the desire to work from home even more and um, and they're the real winners in this because our days ahead might be with them even more so. That was Mark Polkleb, the creator of the Instagram account, Dogs Working From Home. You should go check it out because it will definitely give you a giggle. And for the last part of this episode, we are going to talk to a vet on Let's Get For Real about everything we can do in this working from home time with our pets. And then also when we go back out to grocery shopping, to whatever our new normal happens to be, how we can make them as comfortable as possible with that transition. Dr. JJ Rawlinson works at the Annenberg Pet Space in Los Angeles. The Annenberg Pet Space was established in 2017 And it's this great place that is all about promoting and strengthening the human-animal bond, what we're all about on Let's Get For Real. We are an adoption center, so we have uh, dogs and cats for adoption that come from our valuable partners of the city and the county animal shelters here in LA. Um, We also have uh, a whole bunch of interesting programs that we put on, like hands-on workshops and lectures and behind-the-scenes tours of our health center. We do grooming demonstrations, pet adoption events, the list goes on and on. Now that we're all sheltering in place, Mm -hmm. potentially into infinity, (laughs) um, uh, how is that affecting your your role in not going to work on a day-to-day basis? We have a couple of different things that we're doing, just like most other uh, rescues and shelters in the area. We have been... Uh, blessed with an amazing community that have completely helped us get most of our animals into foster homes. Amazing. Yeah. We're really, really really grateful to our fosters for stepping up during this time so that uh, we can limit the amount of staff that have to leave home so we can have a skeleton crew during this uh, pandemic. Um, All of our most like 99% of the animals are in great foster homes and hoping secretly that they become foster failures. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should tell people a little bit what, what it means to be a foster fail or what sure. it, yeah, yeah, what foster fail really means. Sure, sure. So, you know, the, the benefit of fostering is that you really get to 
there's a couple different benefits, but one, you get to really know the animal that's living in your home really well. And sometimes that relationship just becomes really special and you end up wanting to adopt them. Um, of course, it's great to have fosters that are uh, perpetual fosters because they're able to help animals get out of uh, shelter situations and into homes and, and then adopted when they go back to their shelter. But uh, it is, it's definitely common for fosters to adopt the animals that they take home. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> if I could go that route at this point and bring in more animals, I'd definitely be a foster failure in a big <laughs> way. Right. Um, so, you know, today we really wanted to talk about um, all of us sheltering in place. Is this change a disruption for them or, or are they super, like, super excited? And and we're talking about cats and dogs, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I think it really depends on the animal. I would say for the majority, I think that this is a welcome change. I mean, most of our dogs and cats really enjoy being with us and spending more time with us. And for people that are working from home or just at home because of the stay at home orders, um, I think it's just a wonderful thing for the pets. At least my dog personally is really enjoying the daily walks that she's getting. It's definitely a little more than I normally do. I usually would take her just for a quick potty break and then we'd play in the in my little backyard. What kind of dog do you have? Tell us what her name is and how sure. old she is and what what's her deal? Uh, so she, her name is Lucy. She just turned two. Uh, she was, I got her as a little puppy and when she was a little puppy, she looked like a little pit bull. So I was hoping she would grow up to be a little pity because I'm kind of a big fan of the breed. Uh, and, but she grew up to be a 60 pound terrier. So she has, oh she, she looks uh, like a black lab with terrier fur. So she has a scruffy muzzle and she has a big mohawk down her back. Oh my God. Uh, she's a funny looking dog, but she is just a delight. And she's just a goofball. She comes to work with me every day at Annenberg Pet Space. Um, in terms of, you know, with her, she's getting those extra walks and things like that. Um, can you maybe talk about maybe what it means to our kitty friends? Is it is it different for them? Sure. And although I don't have a cat right now, I am a cat person at heart. Okay. Um, I just have two kids who leave the front door open a lot and not really the most conducive environment to having a cat at the moment, but that won't last forever. Uh, I do uh, love, love, love me some cats. Um, I would say I think it really depends on whether you have kids at home or not, because I think for most cats, if there's one or two people in the house, they're going to go off and find their time to sleep. As long as they're getting their sleep time, they're probably pretty happy that, that when they choose not to sleep, that they can go and hang out with their companion. I think the interesting part is for people that have kids at home, um, what are, you know, are the cats able to get their rest time? Are they able to have downtime and find a quiet space to hide where they need to get their sleep? If I had a cat in my house right now, it would be really hard for my cat to, to sleep. There's a lot of action, a lot of kids and schoolwork and computer stuff. And, but there's a lot of stuff you can do for your animals to uh, keep them busy during this time. So that, that really leads me to sort of the next subject of what, what are some of the things that we can do with our animals right now to maximize this togetherness period? I think this is actually a really great opportunity for pet owners to really improve the bond they have with their pets. Not saying that there's anything wrong with the bond, but to even take it to the next level. And what I mean by that is going from 
the animals just kind of your companion in your home and hanging out with you to what can you do to improve the lives of, of your pets and make their daily lives more interesting and more exciting. Um, and I think now for people, there may be a handful of people who are really busy with kids and trying to work from home that this may not be possible, but there's a large proportion of people that do have some extra time on their hands that could take a minute and think about uh, their pet's mental stimulation. Um, it's something that is really underutilized a lot with, with pet owners. People think about taking their animals for a walk or playing with a toy with their cat, um, but they don't always think about what their the animals need in terms of their minds. Um, and if their brains are stimulated or active, they end up being more satisfied with life, they sleep better, they're happier. Um, and so taking time right now to learn uh, what your pet really enjoys and spending a little bit of time, maybe the morning and the evening doing something for mental stimulation for your pets, I think is absolutely fantastic. And it'll also help for at least for the dog owners, uh, when you do end up going back to work that you have some things you can do and give to them when you leave. So we don't create new separation anxiety that maybe wasn't there before. So, you know, just simple things like, and I do this with Lucy, uh, my dog, you know, anytime I have to leave the house, which I know I'm not leaving it right now, but in general, when I leave the house, I almost always throw her a Kong that's full of frozen food. And so me leaving the house is a really positive thing. And she has about 40 minutes of her working on getting this really yummy frozen food out of a Kong. And that's actually, it seems odd that that would be mentally stimulating for them, but it is it's a brain activity. It makes them have to think and they're strategizing and they're trying to find ways to get this food out, makes them mentally tired and then they sleep better. Using frozen food can be super helpful and a lot of fun things can be done with that. You know, making uh, bully sticks in frozen uh, chicken broth and giving them a popsicle, or you can do that with cats too, having a little, little ice cube tray full of tuna juice. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. That's a really good one. Tuna juice sickles. Yeah, exactly. Tuna juice. I would dilute the tuna juice so it's not so much salt um, uh -huh. and they don't need it to be full concentrated tuna juice. Like, um, but that, you know, putting it in a little, a little ice cube tray can keep a cat busy for a while. And it's really fun for them. It's positive reinforcement. They like it. They, you know, enjoy it, but you're not also feeding them, you know, tons of calories that they don't need. Um, that's the veterinarian speaking in me. <laughs> Excellent. No, I, I love those ideas. You know, we want to be cautious not to overfeed right. and overstimulate. In terms of cats, at least, in terms of being active, you know, they really sleep about 17, 18 hours a day. So the rest me of the too. time, I know, <laughs> the rest of the time they're eating or playing or um, just hanging out. And so, you know, if you give your cat a couple of these activities a day for 10 or 15 minutes, that's plenty for them. Um, so it's not really a big lift on our end. You know, they, cats, there's so many different cool toys now on the market that help them exhibit their natural behaviors at home. You know, one of the, the thoughts is that indoor cats, some of them are much more comfortable being indoor cats and others uh, struggle a little bit because they they really feel strong instincts to express their natural behaviors like hunting and chasing and mm -hmm. um, all of that kind of thing. So you can mimic environments that help them express that behavior easily in the home. You can look at the Ohio State University has this uh, initiative called the Indoor Pet Initiative and they have all sorts of ideas for how to make your home 
more conducive for a cat. Um, so things, just simple things like instead of feeding your cat out of a bowl, and if you're feeding kibble, just hide the kibble all over the house. You know, and and the cat who when they're hungry, they will start walking around hunting for the food. That's like um, where's Waldo for cat food? Yeah, and strangely, it seems like a simple thing, but the cat is to has to use their sense of smell. They have to be active. You're getting them a little exercise. You're making them move for it. Um, scavenger and it's, hunt. Scavenger hunt. Scavenger hunts for cats. It's a very stimulating. Um, and then you want to also something else that's really important with cats is you want to. If you're playing with a feather toy or some of those uh, uh, robotic or uh, battery-powered toys that you know little, have little mice that go around in a circle, or you want to only give those to the cats for a few minutes a day, and then you want to pull them up. The mistake that I see a lot of people doing is they will put the toys down and just leave them out all the time. Well, very quickly they lose their novelty; they're not interesting anymore, and they don't work. You have to be proactive in giving it to them, pulling it up, and then rotating the the toys through on some sort of cycle. Is there a certain time of day? I mean, is is there an importance of doing it before the sun goes down? Uh, again, sort of like staying up and watching too much TV, or or you know, having any sort of excessive light stimulation can prevent you from having fitful sleep or going to sleep at, at, at an appropriate time. Is it the same for them? You know, I think it's different for dogs and cats. I think for dogs, uh, they're not as nocturnal as cats want to be. Um, and they naturally will go to sleep regardless uh, of kind of how much stimulation they've had per se, as opposed to cats who would tend to be more nocturnal. So I would potentially try to uh, make them more mentally stimulated and active kind of before bed. So hopefully they kind of are tired and will settle down after they've had their activity. In terms of us working from home. So mm -hmm. now that you're doing a lot of work in front of the computer, I don't know if you have sort of a special place that you are working from as far as when you have work meetings and things like that. Do we have to cordon off a sort of like kitty play area for them in the house? Um, are you letting Lucy in? Is she part of your Zoom meetings? I mean, like right now, I've got two doggies on opposite sides of me, not snoring at the moment, but it's imminent. <laughs> I will say it's imminent. Um, but, but you know, is it affecting your workflow? And, and, you know, can you speak to, do we need a separation area for them? And are they going to go for that? I know that's kind of a loaded question, but. No, it's a good question. And I think it really depends on the animal individually. First of all, do they, are they okay with kind of being separated? I think it also depends if you have kids at home and who you're talking to, what kind of Zoom meeting it is. Are you talking to fellow animal colleagues who have a whole bunch of animals mm -hmm. to you? And, or are you in a, an important business meeting that they won't quite understand the cat crawling across the laptop? The one thing that I do do is if I know I have to be on something that is is going to require a lot of my really uh, focused attention, I will get one of those frozen things out of the freezer and I will, um, Lucy has kind of like an X-Pen area um, that it's not really, it's like her crate, but it's bigger, sort of an area that's just hers where she sleeps in. And I will throw a, a frozen thing in there and she will enjoy that for a good 30, 40 minutes, and then she will be tired and she'll pass out. Most of the time she's just hanging out with us. Um, and I, I don't think, think that's gonna work for cats. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so, no. I mean, I guess it depends how food motivated they are. And also, you know, if you are strategizing how you feed them and when you feed them, and if these kind of 
frozen creative ways of being fed are used at times when you're going to be busiest, you may actually just keep them busy, that they're they're busy hunting for their food or they're busy working on a tuna sickle for whatever or whatever you want to call that. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're busy trying to get catnip out of one of those little mice toys that has holes in it. Going back to this mental stimulation, you know, having puzzle bowls and puzzle toys for dogs mm-hmm. can really help. There's a whole bunch of different levels you can do from very basic. All they have to do is kind of knock it over to get a treat out to something where they have to actually make several motions to get a treat out. That's fun for dogs to kind of figure out puzzles. So when we eventually can go back out and start to socialize again, and we start going back to work and we start going to grocery stores and shopping and things like that, is there going to be an impact on them? Are there any tips for making adjustments for them? What's going to make it easier for them? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I, I, I've i heard from a lot of people that they're worried about that. Um, I think there's some small things that you can do uh, to minimize the impact of the, like you said, just sort of ripping off the Band-Aid and going back to work or getting out of the house. I think, you know, depending on your situation and depending on the animal, you know, any kind of negative situation to them, if you pair it with something positive, it will become less negative. So for example, if you're able to safely, if you're not, that's a different thing. But if you're able to even walk out of the house for a little bit, can you give them something positive only during that time? So these, you know, enrichment items, these uh, frozen toys or frozen um, treats, can you walk out the door, give them one, leave for five or 10 minutes and then come back. And can you do that a few times when you're getting ready, when you know that it's going to be time to go back to work soon? Can you start transitioning them to get used to that? Um, And one thing that does help too, is when you do come back in the house or the apartment or wherever you are, uh, you don't want to give them a ton of attention. You don't want to make the return the most positive thing that happened. You want to actually ignore them for the first little bit. And so that they don't, it's it's like it feeds into this um, kind of feeling that they have, like, oh my gosh, thank God you're back. You 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 know you were gone forever, as opposed to oh, this is just a, a boring thing. You come, you go, you come, you go. And sometimes when you leave, wow, I get a piece of hot dog. So again, just pairing something really positive and highly rewarding with you leaving and practicing that a little bit, um, a couple times a day until you're actually have to go for long periods of time. I think will really help. Well, JJ, thank you so much for all of this information. It is just a wealth of instructions and how to make tuna popsicles and how to keep my kitty and my doggy engaged. And this is exactly some of the information that people are really looking for right now. And I'm so happy that you were able to get on the phone and talk with me. It's been a total pleasure, Susan. Thank you for having me. That was the amazing Dr. J.J. Rawlinson from the Annenberg Pet Space. And that was it for this episode of Let's Get For Real. Remember, World's Best Cat Litter is donating one pound of litter for every stream of this episode to shelters in their Give Litter program up to one million pounds. So be sure to share it with all your friends and help support shelter cats in need. For more information, you can go to givelitter.com and see how World's Best is sharing love with shelter cats all across the United States. If you want to learn more about our guests, check out our website, letsgetforreal.com. That's letsgetfurreal.com. 
From there, you can also find us on social media and email us. Send us pictures, videos, or leave us a voicemail message. Maybe of you and your cat and your dog, or maybe just you. We'd love to hear from you on how you're working from home with your dog or cat, or both. The Let's Get For Real team includes Avishai Artsy, Roxana Dunlop, and me, Susan Michaels. Be well, stay safe, take care of yourself and your pets.